0: Chapter 6, Port Safety. Annie banged on the wooden door. A moment later, it opened. Gunner, a man said, peering into the snowstorm. No, Annie shouted. The ice cracked and my brother fell through. His feet are soaking wet. Can you help us? Hurry, get inside, the man said. With Annie's help, Jack limped into the warm, firelit cabin. He took off his mittens and wiped snow and ice from his glasses. Sit near the stove the man commanded. I'll heat some water. Annie helped Jack out of his parka and he sat on a wooden chair near a crackling wood stove. Take off his boots, the man said. Annie helped Jack pull off his fur boots and wool socks, then set them near the stove. The man grabbed a kettle from the top of the wood stove and poured water into a bucket. Jack Jack looked at his wet feet. They were white and numb from the cold. He couldn't move his toes. How are they? The man said, lugging the bucket to Jack. Not bad, Jack said. He was still trembling from the cold. Not good, said the man, looking at Jack's feet. He set the bucket down in front of Jack. Soaked them a while. Thanks, said Jack. As he put his feet into the warm water, he was overcome with pain. He started to pull them out, but the man stopped him. Keep them in there, kid, he said. Okay, said Jack, gritting his teeth. Listening to the howling wind and the snow pelting the cabin windows, he worried about the huskies. Can can we bring our dog team inside, he asked. Sure, I'll unhitch them from their harnesses. You stay here and soak your feet, the man said. Then he threw on a parka and hurried outside to get the dogs. I'll help him, Annie said to Jack. Don't move. And she followed the man back into the storm. As Jack sat alone in the one-room cabin and soaked his feet, he worried about the time. He looked around for a clock but didn't see one. How long would it take for his boots to dry, he wondered. Would his feet be okay? Did the dogs have frostbite too? Jack was glad when the door opened. Everyone in, Annie shouted. Hauling the sack of dried fish with her, she led the huskies inside. The man followed the team into the cabin and slammed the door against the storm. Go, sit, he ordered the dogs. He pointed to dry straw spread over the floor. The bedraggled huskies took slow steps across the room and settled down in the straw. Feel any better, the man asked Jack. Yes, said Jack. His teeth had stopped chattering and the pain in his feet had lessened. I'm Jack. She's my sister, Annie. I know, she told me, said the man. I'm Ed. He grabbed the kettle and poured a little more steamy water into the bucket ed's a musher too said annie his team is in a shed behind the cabin he's a mailman like Oki's uncle he recognized their dogs cool said jack yep said ed keep soaking your feet while your sister and i take care of the dogs jack kept his feet in the bucket as ed poured drinking water into a large pot and gave it to the team then ed and annie knelt in the straw and massaged the dog's feet one paw at a time the huskies panted and looked as if they were smiling good dogs "'Good dogs,' Annie kept saying. "'That's right, good dogs,' Ed chimed in. Jack saw that the musher was missing teeth and his beard was scraggly. Even so, his face had dignity and strength, Jack thought. Now that he understood the job of a professional musher, he admired Ed a lot. "'Ed lives here at the Port Safety Roadhouse,' Annie said. "'That's a good name for it, huh?' Jack nodded. As the wind howled outside, it did feel safe inside the cabin. But he worried that they couldn't stay. They had only 12 hours of magic. Do you know what time it is? He asked. Hold on. Ed pulled out a pocket watch. Almost midnight, he said. So, almost eight and a half hours left to find Gunnar Cosson and return to Nome, thought Jack. Suddenly, he remembered something. Ed, why did you call us Gunnar when you opened the door? Did you mean Gunnar Cosson? asked Annie. Were you expecting him? I did mean Gunnar Cosson, said Ed. Earlier today, I was told to wait for him. If he gets tired on his journey, I'm supposed to take his package on to Nome. But then I got word from Solomon that Gunner would be staying there a while. When I heard a knock, I thought he decided to push on. No, said Annie. The mayor of Nome told him to wait until the storm ends. At least that's what someone told us. Good thing, said Ed. Only a crazy fool would drive in a storm like this. So why the heck were you two out there? Uh... Well, we just went out for a short ride to, uh, said Annie, to exercise Okie's uncle's dogs, said Jack, while Okie's at the hospital. Right, said Annie, and then we got lost. You're lucky you found this place before you froze to death, said Ed. Yeah, really lucky, said Jack. How are your feet? Ed asked him. Jack pulled his feet out of the water. His skin was pink and the terrible pain was gone. He wiggled his toes. I think they're going to be okay, he said. Good news, said Ed. He grabbed a towel and a pair of socks from an old canvas bag and tossed them to Jack. These socks will be too big, but better big socks than wet ones. Thanks, said Jack, drying his feet, then pulling on the warm, woolly socks. You just dodged a case of frostbite, mister, said Ed. I bet you kids will think twice before taking a joyride in a blizzard again. Well, actually, I think we should be heading home soon, said Jack. But don't worry, it's not far. What? Are you too crazy in this weather, said Ed. Well, we're, um, champion mushers, Annie said in a small voice. Oh, yeah? Ed squinted at her. What races have you won? Well, um, they weren't in Alaska, Annie said. We, uh... We won the Frog Creek Winter Relay and never heard of it, said Ed. Doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. You're not going back out in that storm. Your team needs to rest, if nothing else. And eat, right fellas? Ed grabbed the burlap sack and pulled out flat pieces of dried pink fish. The huskies wiggled and whined as Ed started feeding them. Annie looked at Jack. Maybe we can stay a little bit longer, she said under her breath. Jack nodded. Okay, but we have to keep our eye on the time. We will, said Annie. The dogs gobbled up every piece of fish and drank from bowls of water. Then the husky sat down, put back their heads, and began to howl. The wind howled outside as all eight dogs howled inside. Jack knew the howling meant the dogs were satisfied. He, Annie, and Ed laughed until the howling stopped as abruptly as it had begun. The dogs then began nodding happily off to sleep, one by one. Some lay on their sides while others curled up in tight balls and covered their noses with their bushy tails. All right, now let's get you some food and drink, said Ed. Can you please tell us what time it is again, asked Jack. Ed glanced at his watch. 1.15, he said. Jack didn't know what to do. He was hungry, but now they only had seven hours left to find Gunner and get back to Nome. I'll make some soup, said Ed. He seemed determined to keep them from going back out into the blizzard. He grabbed a can of tomato soup from a shelf and began opening it with a can opener. What about our mission? Jack wondered. How could he make Ed understand that they had to leave? Excuse me, he said. I'm afraid. You can wash your hands over there, Ed interrupted. He pointed toward a tin basin on a washstand. It's okay, Annie whispered to Jack. We have time. She put her red, chapped hands into the cool water and washed them with soap. Jack reluctantly did the same. Ed nodded toward the table. Sit, he said, as if giving a command to two huskies. Jack and Annie smiled. They dried their hands and sat on two wooden barrels at the table. Ed dropped a box of soda crackers between them and gave them each a glass of milk. While the blizzard raged outside... He filled two bowls with a steamy soup from a pot on the stove and put them in front of Jack and Annie. Then he sat in an old armchair near the table. Thanks, Ed, said Annie. Yeah, thanks, said Jack, sighing, breathing in the delicious smell of the tomato soup. His worries momentarily faded. Chapter 7, Jingle Bells. Mmm, delicious, said Annie. She and Jack slurped down the hot soup. As they chewed the salty soda crackers, they watched the dogs breathe peacefully in their sleep. Do most Galaskans have sled dogs? asked Annie. Many do, said Ed, resting in his armchair near the fire. But the day is coming when dogs won't be used much anymore, except for racing. I can see it happening already. Small planes will get better and better and take over the long trips. Cars will improve, and roads too. Soon enough, we'll have vehicles that go through deep snow in no time. That's good in a way, said Jack. It'll help medicine travel faster. But it's sad too, said Annie. I'm with you, Missy, said Ed, looking at the sleeping dogs. Breaks the heart of an old-timer like me. People have used sled dogs for hundreds of years in this territory. I myself have known many brave dogs during my lifetime. Do you know Balto, said Jack? Gunnar Cosson's dog? We've heard of him. Sure do, said Ed. Balto is the best lead dog in Alaska along with Togo, Leonard Sapala's dog. Both Togo and Balto have stopped here on runs with Sapala and Kossin. "'What's Balto like?' asked Annie. "'Ah, that dog loves to run a trail,' said Ed. "'Loves it more than any dog I ever saw. "'Great strength and lots of courage. "'Big, shaggy, black dog. "'Beautiful to watch because of his spirit.' Annie smiled. "'I'd like to meet him.' "'Annie has a special way with dogs,' Jack explained. "'With all animals, really,' said Annie. Ed smiled at her. Alaskans are real respectful of animals, too, he said. We wouldn't have survived a minute without them. People here have learned to use all the gifts this frozen world can give. Like what? asked Jack. Well, the socks I just gave you are made of sheep's wool, said Ed. The parkas that are drying over there are made of squirrel fur. We all wear sealskin pants and reindeer boots and fox fur hats. I wear moose skin and caribou skin and rabbit fur. The medicine headed for gnome is wrapped in bear hide. The medicine itself is made from horse serum. What serum, said Jack? The blood of a horse, said Ed. It is antitoxins to kill diphtheria. Wow, said Annie. So Alaskans get gifts from... She held up one finger after another. Sheep, squirrels, seals, reindeer, foxes, moose, caribou, rabbits, bears, horses... And dogs, said Jack, finishing his milk. And dogs, of course, said Annie. And fish and whales and birds of the air, all creatures, said Ed. So everything's connected, said Annie. That's right, said Ed, nodding. Eventually, it all becomes one thing, the people, the land, the animals, the sea and the air. It becomes Alaska. Cool, said Jack. The three of them stared for a long moment at the dogs. Some of the huskies paddled the air with their paws as if they were dreaming about running over the trail. Ed yawned and his eyes started to close. A moment later, his head drooped forward and he was snoring. Jack quietly put down his spoon. He tiptoed to the stove and grabbed his fur boots. They were dry, but his socks were still damp. So he pulled the boots over the big pair of socks Ed had given him. It's time to head to Solomon he whispered to Annie. We have to finish what we came here to do. Annie nodded. Ed snored loudly as Jack and Annie silently pulled on their fur parkas. They grabbed their mittens and slipped over to the dogs and gently woke them. The dogs jumped to their feet. Even though there were whines and yips, Ed kept snoring. Thanks, Ed, Jack whispered to the sleeping man. Yeah, thanks for being so nice to us and the dogs, whispered Annie. Then, very quietly, she led the team out of the log cabin. Jack followed, closing the door behind them. Outside, the wind and snow were blowing wildly. Jack and Annie pulled off their mittens long enough to harness the team. They nimbly hooked the dogs to tug lines, neck lines, and the tow line. "'Ready?' Jack shouted above the wind. "'I hope Ed doesn't worry about us when he wakes up,' Annie shouted back. "'Oh, man, I just thought of something,' said Jack. "'What?' "'Stardust!' said Jack. "'For Ed!' "'Yes!' said Annie. Leaving the dogs waiting for a moment, she and Jack hurried back to the cabin, slipped inside, and closed the door. Ed was still snoring. Annie reached into her pocket and took out the dark blue box. When she opened the lid, the silvery dust shimmered like starlight. She emptied a small amount into her palm and tossed the glittery dust into the air, whispering, "'We wish to be forgotten!' The stardust flashed through the room, then quickly evaporated. To Jack's amazement, the bowls, spoons, and cups were clean and stacked neatly on the counter. Jack's damp socks had vanished. The unopened soup can was back on the shelf. The hay was neatly spread across the floor. No sign we were here, said Annie, except Ed will be missing a pair of his socks, whispered Jack. Annie laughed. Full speed ahead, she whispered. Then she and Jack slipped back outside into the storm. They ran through the blowing snow to their waiting team. I'm happy to drive for a while, Jack shouted in the wind. Is that okay with you? Sure, I'll take over whenever you want, said Annie. She picked up the snow hook and put it into the basket, then climbed in herself. Jack stood on the sled runners, crouching slightly and gripping the handlebars. Okay, team, ready to find Gunner and save lives, he said. The huskies barked as if saying, yes, yes, yes. Ready, willing, and eager, said Annie. Line out, Jack commanded. The team pulled the tow line straight out, making it taut. Hike, said Jack. The eight huskies surged forward, bells jingling. The team raced away from the roadhouse of port safety, pulling the sled through the blizzard. As the basket bounced and bumped over uneven ridges on the trail, Annie almost fell out, but she didn't complain. Jack could hear her laughing, as if she were enjoying the ride. The wind from the frozen sea was bitterly cold. As the wind howled and snow whirled through the dark, the dogs kept their heads down and ran on and on. Jack used his skills to move the team around banks of drifting snow. Through gale-force winds, he drove the sled over the rough, frozen path at the edge of the sea. Like sand in a sandstorm, ice crystals beat against his face, stinging his skin. His mittens were nearly frozen to the wooden handles, but he felt protected in his thick fur clothing. He was grateful to all the creatures that had given their gifts to help Alaskans survive in their frozen world. As more and more snow stuck to the lenses of his glasses and turned to ice, Jack knew he shouldn't keep driving. We need to switch now, he called to Annie. Before he could give a command to stop the dogs, a fierce gust of wind slammed against the sled, sending it into a bank. Jack fell off the runners and was swallowed up in a pile of snow. Jack, cried Annie. Where are you? Here, here, said Jack, floundering as he tried to get up. His heavy fur clothing made it hard for him to stand, but Annie grabbed his hands and helped him to his feet. Together, they pulled the sled out from the snowbank and untangled the rigging. I can drive for a while, said Annie. Okay, said Jack. He sat in the basket. Annie stood on the runners. Line out, she shouted. The dogs straightened their lines. But before Annie commanded them to take off, she yelled, Jack, listen. Jack listened. He heard the shriek of the wind and the whooshing of snow. Listen to what, he said. Bells. I hear bells. Bells. Annie shouted, up ahead. Now Jack could hear the bells too, jingling bells. Yes, he said, another dog team must be coming toward us. Could it be Gunnar Cause and Imbalto, shouted Annie. Maybe, yelled Jack. The jingling bells grew closer and closer. Yay, they're coming this way for sure, shouted Annie. But the sound of the bells stopped suddenly. Then, through the storm, came the frantic, high-pitched, barking, of dogs. Chapter 8, Catastrophe. Uncle Joe's team of huskies answered with yowling and yelping. Something's wrong, cried Annie. Maybe they had an accident, said Jack. Let's check it out. Hike, yelled Annie. Straight ahead. The team took off. Annie drove the huskies through the dark toward the frantic barking. Soon they came to another team of dogs floundering in a snowdrift. A sled had crashed and flipped over. The driver was trying to free his dogs. Whoa, Annie ordered. Stay. Jack planted the snow hook firmly in the ground to secure their team. Then he and Annie bowed their heads against the wind and trudged through the gale. Gunner, shouted Jack. Gunner Cawson? The driver waved and shouted, yes. Oh, wow. We were sent to help you, cried Annie. Are you okay? Yes. Just hit a bump back there said the famous dog musher. The sled went flying and crashed on its side. Annie and Jack began helping Gunner. They grabbed each dog by its harness and, one by one, pulled them out of the soft snow. By the time the dogs were all on their feet again, Jack had counted 13 huskies. Jack and Annie helped Gunner turn the sled upright, setting it back on its runners. Then together, all three stomped on the snow with their boots, packing it down so the dogs could pull the sled out. Line out! Line out! Gunner commanded his team. Soon the dogs were lined up in pairs in front of the sled with a single dog in the lead. "'Wait, is that Balto?' shouted Annie. "'Yes,' said Gunner. Annie hurried to the front of the line. "'Hi, Balto!' Balto barked a greeting and leapt up to lick Annie's face. The bells on his collar jingled wildly. She laughed and hugged him. "'I've wanted to meet you for a long time,' she shouted. "'Do you have the medicine for Nome? Jack asked Gunner. Yes, the musher said, leaning over the sled. It's right here. Oh, no, no. no!" what, said Jack. What's wrong? The package is missing, Gunner yelled. Missing, said Jack. Where is it, cried Gunner. Where is it? Where is it, Jack echoed. It was tied to the sled, shouted Gunner. This is a catastrophe. In the biting wind, the musher fell to his knees and frantically dug through the snow, looking for the medicine package. "'What's wrong?' Annie called from the front of the line of dogs. Jack ran to her. "'He lost the medicine. It fell off his sled,' he said. "'We have to help him find it.' "'Wait, wait,' said Annie. "'I'll bet Balto can find it.' She crouched beside the lead dog and unhooked his tug line and neckline. "'No, don't unhook him,' said Jack. "'We can't lose Balto, too.' "'We won't lose him,' said Annie. "'He can help.' She grabbed the dog's head, the lead dog's head between her mittens and put her face close to his, saying words Jack couldn't hear. Then she released Balto. "'Find the medicine! Find it now!' Annie yelled. While Gunner crawled around in the snow looking for the package, Balto took off in the direction his team had come. With his nose to the ground, the husky trotted back down the trail. "'Let's follow him, Jack!' cried Annie. Leaving Gunner and the rest of the dogs behind, she and Jack hurried after Balto. They trudged through the snowstorm after the eager dog, following the jingling of his collar bells. When Annie and Jack reached Balto, he was whining and digging through the snow. I think he found it, Annie shouted. Jack felt around in the windswept snow until he touched something soft and solid. He pulled a heavy, fur-wrapped bag out of the snow and struggled to stand up with it. Great job, Balto. You found it, shouted Annie. Gunner, Jack yelled. We found the package, but his voice didn't carry through the storm. Let's take it to him, he said to Annie. Balto started back the way they'd come, his collar bells jingling. Carrying the package of life-saving medicine, Jack followed Balto and Annie. When they reached Gunner's team, Annie quickly hooked Balto to the front of the line. Then she and Jack hurried to Gunner, The musher was still on his knees, not far from the sled, wildly shoveling through the snow with his hands. "'Gunner, it's okay!' shouted Jack. "'We have the package! It was back there! It must have fallen out when you hit the bump!' "'Balto found it!' said Annie. Gunner gave a happy shout and staggered to his feet. Jack handed over the fur-wrapped package, and Gunner tied it tightly to his sled. "'You go ahead. We'll follow you!' Jack shouted. "'We can help you if you need us again!' said Annie." Thank you, shouted Gunnar Kossin. I won't forget you. Thank you. Annie yelled goodbye to Balto. Then she and Jack hurried back through the whirling snow to their own sled. The Huskies greeted them noisily. Ready, team? Jack yelled, pulling up the snow hook. You're going to follow Balto. Can I drive? Annie shouted. Sure. We can switch places at Port Safety if you want, said Jack. As he climbed into the basket, Jack thought about the Port Safety Roadhouse. He wondered if Gunnar planned to stop there. It would be weird to meet Ed all over again, as if for the first time. Annie stood on the runners and waited. Soon, jingling bells could be heard. Moments later, Gunnar's team dashed by. With Balto in the lead, all 13 Huskies pulled the musher and his sled over the snow. As the jingling faded into the night, Annie shouted, "Hike!" The eight Huskies bolted forward and got back on the trail, dashing after Balto's team. As Jack bumped around in the basket, he held on to the sides and closed his eyes against the fury of the storm. It wasn't long, though, before he heard Annie shout, Port Safety Roadhouse up ahead. Jack opened his eyes and saw the log cabin. Jack, look, Gunner kept going, yelled Annie. He didn't stop at the roadhouse. Keep following them, said Jack. Gee, Annie yelled and swung her dogs away from the roadhouse. Jack and Annie's huskies kept following the jingling bells of Balto as he and his team led the way north to Rome. Racing along the coast of the Bering Sea, Jack and Annie's team seemed even livelier and stronger than before. It was as as if Balto were leading the team as well as his own. Guided by Balto's spirit, all 21 dogs flew over the flat shoreline. As they ran, the weather improved, the snow stopped falling, and the wind died down. Amazingly, in less than three hours, the blizzard had stopped completely. The sky had begun to clear. In the early gray dawn, Jack saw a church steeple in the distance. He saw lights flickering in the windows of houses. We're back! We made it to Nome, he cried. Hooray, said Annie. The sun was rising as they followed Balto's team into town. We should take these guys back to Oki and Uncle Joe, said Annie. You're right, said Jack. Gunner's good now. The medicine's arrived. Ha! commanded Annie, and the dogs veered left and headed for the spit of land near the frozen sea. In the early light, the Huskies stopped at Uncle Joe's shack. As the dogs whined and yelped, Oki flew out the front door. His uncle followed, hobbling on his crutch. Though exhausted, the dogs had enough energy to jump up and down and bark excitedly as their two friends greeted them with great joy. Chapter 9, Balto of the Blue Dawn. Jack climbed out of the sled as Annie stepped off the runners. A thin layer of ice covered their faces and clothes, but they were both laughing as they stamped their feet and swung their arms. You made it back, Oki shouted. What time is it? asked Jack. Almost six o'clock, said Oki. Jack smiled at Annie. With time to spare, he said. Thank God you were safe, said Uncle Joe. Did you find Gunnar Cosson? Oki asked. We did, said Annie, on the trail below Port Safety. His sled had overturned. The medicine was lost, but Balto helped us find it. Gunner and his team arrived in Nome just ahead of us, said Jack. They're delivering the medicine to the hospital. Uncle Joe closed his eyes and sighed with relief. "'Oki couldn't stop grinning. He pumped Jack's mittened hand and Annie's, too. Thank you. Thank you. You are champions. Don't thank us, said Jack. Thank your dogs. They're the real champions. Oki opened the gate to the dog pen. The team of huskies walked in, panting warily. Jack and Annie helped Oki and Uncle Joe unhitch the dogs from their necklines and tug lines and pull off their harnesses. Then they massaged the dogs' backs and legs. Oki gave the dogs water, and Jack and Annie fed them dried fish. The huskies wolfed down their meal and then howled with gratitude. As the sun rose over Nome, the eight brave dogs curled their bodies into the bright snow, covered their noses with their tails, and closed their eyes. Take a long rest, team, said Jack. You deserve it, said Annie. Let's go to the hospital, said Uncle Joe. Yes, said Oki. We'll walk with you, said Annie. Uncle Joe hobbled on his crutch as the four of them headed to town. Reflecting the brilliant blue of the early morning sky, the snow itself looked blue. By the time they arrived at the hospital, a small crowd had gathered. Jack saw Mayor Maynard and Gunnar Cosson surrounded by a group of reporters with cameras and notebooks. Gunner's huskies were off to the side. Children were petting them and photographers were taking pictures. As the dogs smiled and panted, Jack could see their clouds of white breath. The newspapers are here, said Oki. The whole world will soon hear this story. We will tell everyone what you have done, Jack and Annie. They will honor you too. Oki and his uncle walked faster. Whoa, wait, Jack said to Annie. Stardust, right. Annie reached into her pocket and pulled out the dark blue box. Are you coming? Oki called back to them. Yes, we'll be right there, shouted Jack. As Oki and his uncle headed toward the crowd, Annie lifted the lid of the tiny box. Silvery powder shimmered inside. We wish to be forgotten by everyone who saw us on our mission, Annie said. Then she tossed the contents of the box into the air. Like tiny grains of windswept snow, the stardust flashed brilliantly over the street. Before anyone could even look up, the silver dust evaporated and the sharp, crisp air was clear again. Annie put the tiny box back in her pocket. Done, she said. Then she and Jack headed toward the gathering in front of the hospital. When they drew close to the crowd, Oki caught sight of them. But then he looked away, as if he'd never seen them before. His uncle did the same. Gunnar Cosson also glanced in their direction, but his eyes passed over them without interest. I guess it worked, said Jack. Yeah, no one remembers us at all, Annie said. She sounded sad. Jack felt a little sad, too. Mayor Maynard, tell us about the heroes of the Great Serum Race, a reporter said. Mayor Maynard proudly stepped forward. For five and a half days, 20 mushers and more than 160 dogs hauled the life-saving medicine to Nome, he proclaimed. How many miles was that? A reporter asked as he scribbled on a pad. Nearly 700 miles, said the mayor, and two of our citizens from Nome heroically took part in the relay, Leonard Sepala and Gunnar Cosson. Both mushers had strong lead dogs. Leonard and his dog, Togo, ran across frozen Norton Sound to Golovin, and Gunnar and his dog, Balto, brought the medicine from Bluff to Nome. Another reporter yelled to Gunnar Cosson, Congratulations, Mr. Cosson! To what do you owe the success of your part of the relay? I owe everything to my lead dog, Balto, said Gunner. The famous musher pointed at the husky sitting patiently nearby. He's a working dog, like all the others, but he's the best. In the daylight, Jack got a good look at Balto. The husky had shaggy black fur, except for white paws and a white chest and a bit of white around his mouth. He had gentle brown eyes. You told the mayor that you lost the medicine in an accident at one point, the reporter said. Gunner nodded. Yes, that's right. Yes, I did. And how did you find it? The reporter asked. I, well, I, the musher shook his head. I'm not sure. After the accident, I discovered it missing. Somehow the package had come untied from my sled. I panicked and, well, I dug around in the snow and, I don't know, I guess I just found it. It seems like a miracle, the reporter said. He turned back to the mayor. What a disaster it would have been if the medicine were lost on the trail. Indeed, said Mayor Maynard, the hard work of all the mushers and dogs would have been for nothing. And many more people would have lost their lives to diphtheria. But I have now delivered the package into the hands of Dr. Welch and Nurse Morgan, who will give the life-saving serum to their patients. Everyone clapped and cheered. Oki and his uncle cheered the loudest. Jack and Annie looked at each other. Time to go, said Jack. Okie dokie, said Annie. The reporter was asking more questions as Jack and Annie pulled away from the crowd, heading back to the treehouse. They hadn't gone far down the boardwalk when they heard barking. They both turned. Balto, said Annie. The beautiful black husky was bounding after them. Balto, said Annie. She knelt down in the blue dawn and reached out her arms. Balto nearly knocked her over as he licked her face. His dark eyes were twinkling. He seemed to be smiling. He remembers us, Jack, said Annie. Balto remembers us. Yep, said Jack, but that's okay. He won't tell anyone. Annie laughed. Balto, Gunnar Cosson shouted. Come. The crowd barely glanced at Jack and Annie. Balto! called Gunner. Go on, Balto, Annie said. You're their hero. They need you. Balto gave her one more lick. Then he left them and trotted back toward the cheering crowd. His head and tail were held high. His fur fringed with sunlight. Jack and Annie turned away and headed down the boardwalk. Soon they left Front Street and walked along the creek. They crossed the bridge and the frosty field to the bare tree with the treehouse. In his thick fur boots and mittens, Jack clumsily climbed the rope ladder. Annie followed him. When they looked out the window, they were nearly blinded by the dazzling reflection of sunlight on the snow and the ice-covered sea. Mission accomplished, said Annie. I guess we helped save lives, said Jack. Yep, said Annie. Now let's go home and get warm. She picked up the Pennsylvania book and pointed to a picture of the Frog Creek Woods. I wish we could go there, she said. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still. Absolutely still. Chapter 10, A Gift? Jack felt warm, wonderfully warm. He was wearing his shorts and t-shirt again. No time at all had passed in Frog Creek. It was still twilight on a summer night. Nice, said Annie. Really nice, said Jack. He reached into his pocket and took out the tiny box, empty of gold dust now. He placed it on the floor of the treehouse, next to the guide to the territory of Alaska. Annie reached into her pocket and pulled out the shimmering dark blue box, empty of stardust. She put it beside the gold box on the floor. That was a good trip, said Annie. Yeah, a little cold, a little stressful, said Jack, but all in all, very good. The best part, of course, was the dogs, said Annie. Totally, said Jack. Come on, let's go. Let's go home. He started down the rope ladder. Huskies are great dogs, said Annie, following him. Yep, said Jack, strong and brave, and really smart too, like St. Bernard's. Remember Barry in Switzerland? Annie said as she stepped off the ladder. Of course, said Jack. He smiled and shook his head, remembering the giant crazy puppy high in the mountains. And remember when Morgan turned Teddy into a terrier, said Annie? "'Of course,' Jack said. "'We'd better walk our bikes now. "'It's getting dark fast.' "'Okay,' said Annie. "'She and Jack started pushing their bicycles "'over leaves and grass. "'The woods were filled with the sounds of summer. "'Bullfrogs croaked from the hidden creek. "'Crickets chirped in the grass. "'An owl hooted from a tree branch. "'Then came another sound. "'Yip! "'What was that?' said Annie, stopping. "'I don't know,' said Jack. "'Yip! "'It sounds like a dog,' said Annie. "'No way,' said Jack.' That's too much of a coincidence. Yep, yep. Coincidence or not, there is a dog around here somewhere, said Annie. She parked her bike against a tree. Seriously, said Jack. Shh, said Annie. The leaves rustled. Yep, yep. In the dark, Annie got down on her hands and knees. Where are you? She whispered. Yep, yep, yep. I've got you, said Annie, and she lifted a wiggling little black and white puppy out of the greenery. I don't believe this, said Jack. Look, look, said Annie. She stood up and carried the puppy over to Jack. Here, pet him. Jack reached out and the next thing he knew, his hand was wet from puppy licks. Oh man, he said, laughing. Can you push my bike? Annie asked. I'll carry him to the street so we can get a good look at him. Annie took off with the puppy. Jack tried to steer two bikes through the woods. Annie's bike twisted and fell over, but Jack finally got a good grip and wheeled both bikes out to the sidewalk. Annie was standing under a street lamp, cradling the puppy in her arms. Let me see him, said Jack. He parked the bikes and looked at the puppy under the light. The tiny dog had beautiful big brown eyes. His curly black and white fur was soft and shiny. Oh, said Jack, stroking the furry little head. He's really cute. Let's get him home, said Annie. I'm sure he's hungry and thirsty. Jack grabbed their bikes again and started down the sidewalk with Annie and the puppy. "'What breed do you think he is?' he asked. "'I think he's a mix,' said Annie. "'A mix of what?' I wonder,' said Jack. "'Lots of dogs, all sizes, big, small, and in between. "'St. Bernard, Terrier, Husky,' said Annie. "'He's a mix of all the dogs we've ever loved.' Jack nodded. "'Cool,' he said. "'I hope Mom and Dad will let us keep him.' "'They will,' said Annie. "'They said we could get a dog when we found the right one. "'And this is definitely the right one.' "'Yeah,' But what if he's just lost, said Jack. Don't worry. We'll ask around and put up signs, said Annie. But I have a feeling he's not lost. I think he was actually in the woods waiting for us. I think he's a gift. A gift from who, said Jack. Maybe from Merlin and Morgan, said Annie. A gift to thank us. Jack smiled. He liked that idea. So what do you think we should name him, he said. Hmm, Annie thought for a moment. What about Oki? Okie, said Jack, like the boy we just met? Yeah, I like that name, said Annie. Plus, it'll remind us of all the Huskies and Balto. Yeah, said Jack, but hey, just promise me if he ask to go outside or eat or play with a toy, you won't say, Okie dokie, Okie. Annie laughed. I promise, she said. They, <laughs> they climbed the steps to their front porch. Then Annie stopped at the screen door. Ready to meet the parents? she asked the puppy. Yep, yep. Okie dokie okey, said Annie. Let's go inside. The End.